1: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. All right,
0: just getting the... There we go. Fox and Friends going in the background. I watched CNN, MSNBC yesterday. I do this as I'm working out. Oh, yes, got to mute it. Thank you, Oz. Sorry if you got a little bit of background noise there of Griff Jenkins and Brian Kilmeade laughing. But anyway, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us email todd at toddhuffshow.com facebook.com slash toddhuffshow should you want to watch the program live or on demand so long as facebook allows that to be the case it's good to be here thank you so much for joining us you know i want to take a if we can a half a step back here today i want to talk oh boy it's it's tough i i I watched some of this sideshow yesterday I watched some of this sideshow with Adam Schiff up there giving his... I mean, this this is unbelievable how much time they think that they need. I mean, you literally could watch some of this, turn it off, go do some dishes, go get a workout in, go take a nap, whatever, take your kid to basketball practice, come back, turn this thing on, and you think, what did they talk about in that two-hour span? Because I swear he just said this. I could. I, I am absolutely certain. I just heard this two hours ago, four hours ago. It's it's really. I look. I I understand, and we're gonna we're gonna break this down this morning. I want you to take a step back, maybe a whole step and a half, two steps back, and let's look at what we're dealing with uh, here. Um, I think just I'm gonna say objectively. Now I I am biased. I will tell you that. I'm a, con, a constitutional conservative. I'm not – I vote Republican. I don't necessarily consider myself Republican in many instances. I'm just someone who believes in liberty, free markets, a free people, the right that all of us have to make our own choices, the rights that all of us have to live our own lives so long as it does not – Le- uh, legitimately harm another individual, and not just their feelings, but some some actual, real harm, life, liberty, and property, sort of thing. And so, that typically, I mean, given the choice, right between Republicans and Democrats, it's pretty obvious you can never you can never really side with the Democrats. I actually saw something the other day that was talking about. Uh, it might have been uh, might have been uh, Donna Brazil talking about conservatives in the Democrat Party. As though that's a real thing Not in my world I, I I cannot fathom how that could possibly Be the case Someone would have to be so confused politically I, I can't even understand how that's possible Given the agenda The party platform and so forth of the Democrats But I want to take a step back today Maybe two steps And I want to look at this fight over witnesses Because there's a lot going on here There's a lot going on here In fact, I actually did you know, sometimes I'll jot down notes, but I, I kind of typed out a lot of thoughts today. Things that I want to make sure that we we hit. This is not a scripted program. In fact, I probably won't even go through this in order, but I just kind of did some some thinking. Um and and, and jotted down some things that I think are, are important as we look at this uh this fight over witnesses in the Senate. And so we have to understand that this is framed. This this the fight over witnesses in this impeachment trial in the Senate. It's framed by the media and by the radical left. And it goes something like this. It goes something like this. You know, this is the, the media. This is, say, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Gerald Nadler, Adam Schiff, Maxine Waters. Insert radical leftist here. The, the argument goes something like this. Or media figure. You know, the American people deserve... They deserve to know the truth about these very serious charges against President Trump. We deserve to know the truth. And why would Republicans not call witnesses? Why would they not call witnesses unless they don't want to know the truth? We have to see. We have to see whether or not this is supposed to be a trial, right? And by the way, let me pause here. This... While this is the trial, and while this resembles a courtroom more so than the impeachment proceedings in the House, which, by the way, resembled – I don't know what that resembled. They had secret meetings in the basement. They didn't call the witnesses that they, they they now demand to hear from. I mean it's it's laughable, really. In a sane world, this is laughable. You have people, a party, that was running the impeachment proceedings. They were ramming it through the House of Representatives. They rushed this thing through. They wouldn't let Republicans really say or do anything. They blocked them out completely. It was a partisan vote, completely. In fact, the only bipartisan part of the vote was a couple uh, of Democrats who either voted present or who voted nay, negatively. They voted no against at least one of these articles of impeachment, not to mention, not to mention they actually lost. They lost a member of their caucus during this process, somebody who was a Democrat, due to pressures uh, exerted upon them by the Democrat Party, the Democrat machine, this individual, left the party and became a Republican. So if there's any bipartisanship up until this point, it's between those Democrats who say, we don't want to go along with this, up to the point where we actually want to become, in one instance, a Republican. So that, my friends, for starters, if you want to look at this as to as to where the quote-unquote bipartisanship um, exists, if such a thing exists here, it's between those factions. It's not between those that have been proclaiming this insanity since the day Donald Trump won. Well, it's not the day he won. It's the day that they dried their tears, both metaphorically and literally. As they were screaming at the universe, as they were demanding that the universe give them another chance to vote, and all this kind of silly stuff. But so, this is the argument: the American people deserve to know the truth, which of course we do. But the idea, the idea that what we have, that the starting point here with what the Senate's been given, is somehow legitimate, is somehow fair and objective, is somehow rational and reasonable, is. Problem number one, exhibit number one. So you actually heard yesterday, I was watching MSNBC, I kid you not, watching MSNBC as I was, as I was lifting. I told my wife this, by the way, you know, I played, I played football in college and I remember, distinctively remember this right after my senior year, my senior season, I was working on a standard bred horse farm at the time. And I remember telling myself this, you know what, I want to give myself some time off here from lifting. And I said to my wife, "That was 20 years ago, <laughs> so I'm really just now getting back into the swing of things." So I think after 20 years, that's enough. That's enough time off from not uh, from not lifting. Although that's not entirely entirely true. It's there is a lot of truth there. Anyway, as I'm working out, I have the 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 television on. I'm watching MSNBC. I mentioned this morning I have Fox and Friends on, but I watch MSNBC. I watch CNN, and I got to tell you, man. MSNBC, I mean, they are flipping out of their minds. In fact, I actually, Brian Williams, I mean, t- Brian Williams is sitting there, right? Brian Williams, the same one that made up stories about his helicopter getting shot in Iraq. How this guy, look, I'm a forgiving guy. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe in, in grace and forgiveness. But I also believe, look, if you're a journalist, You didn't just mess up a story. You fabricated facts to make yourself look like some sort of a hero. I think how that person can have a job in that industry is beyond my wildest imagination. That's not a mistake, a slip of the tongue, any of that stuff. That is deliberate deception. And your job in the media, call me me crazy for thinking this, but your job in the media should be to communicate facts and truth. Of course, I know, I know. I'm living in a fantasy world in that regard. But to be caught red-handed and then be given a job on MSNBC. Anyway, they're sitting there talking about what they're hearing from Adam Schiff. And one of these MSNBC commentators, and I got to tell you, I don't have his name. I don't have his name. He said that Schiff's opening statement yesterday, Schiff's opening statement was speaking 100 years into the future, right? Right. Look, Folks, this is so serious. This, this is the, the the fate of our constitutional republic hangs upon this, which I agree with in point, in part, because if this is allowed to stand, if this is allowed to happen, which, of course, we're nowhere near that with votes in the Senate yet, I'll add, we're on day – what are we, day three? Just imagine if this thing draws out, which we'll get to as the program comes together. But he says this is talking 100 years into the future. This is this is a message, almost a message from the grave to those future generations, who are who are eagerly trying to understand how on earth, how on earth the American people did not take these charges and allegations seriously in 2020. But he says, should Donald Trump walk away from this impeachment trial without being removed from office? This guy actually said, no, no joking around. Donald Trump would essentially be a dictator. He would essentially be a dictator if he's allowed to re- remain president after after this Senate trial. So this this is the background here. This these are the sorts of things that are that are being said. They want us to believe that these are legitimate, objective criticisms and fears and uh, obstructions uh, of justice or whatever they you know, have you properly say that. Multiple instances where the president obstructed not justice, Congress. Right. Obstructed Congress. Abused his power. They have no choice. They've tried. They've tried to work with this president. He's just not listened. They didn't want to impeach him. No, no. Of course, you go back to day 11 and you can literally see people calling for his impeachment already. Again, the House rushed through things. They didn't call the witnesses they now want to hear from. In fact, I want to share this. Share this. Uh, Actually, I need to probably wait until after the break. But I want to share something that Jerry Nadler said. This was just said a couple of weeks ago. I'll have to share it when we get back. But Jerry Nadler's actually defending <laughs> defending himself for not letting Republicans call witnesses. Nobody had problems about that when this was in the, in the House. No big deal. There weren't any questions. There was no curiosity. There was no pushback. There was a, no demand for bipartisanship. There was none of that. None of that. That's not what this is about. This is a performance. This is a production. This is a... This is designed to be a a political theater. This is designed for only one purpose, and that is to help them in the 2020 election. If they can take President Donald Trump down in the process, they will happily do that. But folks, make no mistake about this. This is a performance. This is for your political consumption. This is for the political consumption of those that you work with, those in your family, Those that you go to school with. That is what this is for. This is all under the guise of this is serious. This is something that the House was, you know, uh, had been contemplating uh, very, very long and and, and hard and very seriously. They did this with uh, a lot of just, they didn't want to, right? That's what we're supposed to believe. Nancy Pelosi up there telling us that, you know, she prays for the president. She's going to. She, she tears up as she is so sad, so, so sad. What, what's, this, what's happening to our nation? Meanwhile, she's giving out celebratory pins. She has to scold the Democratic uh, caucus in the House of Representatives for cheering. Remember that? Whenever the articles of impeachment were actually voted on and she announced that they had both passed. Remember this? She was smirking up there too. Boy, she fought that smirk off. She, I said she's thinking we can save the party till later. There'll be parties in our offices. Saw pictures of that, by the way. Democrats were effectively ha- hosting parties in offices during the the process of impeaching the president. Meanwhile, going out onto stage, out onto the stage, out to the performing area, and telling us that oh, this is the saddest thing the constitutional republic has ever seen. So. When we get back, I want to play this clip from Gerald Nadler, who was, of course, one of the folks that was a chair ramming this thing through the House. One of the folks, if if they have problems with witnesses that weren't called, they should go back to Adam Schiff. Of course, these folks are up there arguing in front of the Senate, demanding that the Senate call witnesses. And they were literally the chairs of committees that didn't call said witnesses. This is unbelievable to me. In a sane world, this would not be allowed to last for five minutes. But, folks, we don't live in a sane world. We don't live in a sane world. I'm guessing that's why you tune in here to try to find a dose of sanity somewhere out there on the airwaves. And you found a good place to do that as you are in radio safe space. You are in radio safe space. But I've got to take a break, continue this is kind of discussion. When we return, you're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Be back in just a minute. back so i want to i told you i'd play this So i'm going to play this remember the democrats are, are demanding witnesses demanding witnesses in the senate and of course they de- they're demanding witnesses that they didn't even themselves call for their own committees well todd you know execu- the president just would have asserted e- executive privilege okay well will the president not do that for the senate I mean, we don't know what the president would have done. I mean, I guess we do. They, they told them, <laughs> but we don't we, – they didn't even try. They didn't even try. The, it was not serious. Folks, I just – let me play this. This is Gerald Nadler talking on what of the CNN, State of the Union, uh, Jake Tapper, but he's not with Jake Tapper. He's with a fill-in host for Jake, Jake Tapper. I can't remember. Her name's not listed here, but Dana Bash. Dana Bash, I want you to listen to this. This is the party who's now demanding witnesses, and if you don't believe in calling witnesses, you are for a cover-up. You are for a cover-up. This is Gerald Nadler talking with Dana Bash on State of the Union on CNN. Here you go.
1: So I want to ask uh, you about when, what comes next. All eyes are going to be on your committee, obviously, for the next week, maybe more, but um, In the short term, the Republicans are asking for more time to review documents that you just released. They also say that House rules require you to give them a day to call their own witnesses.
0: Are you going? I got to pause. This is this is taking place a couple of weeks back back in December. This is this is before the impeachment vote. This is when this stupid shenanigan was still going through the House of Representatives. So this. May sound like what the Democrats are saying today, but, re- but remember, Democrats had control first. They, they called the shots here, right? This is now framed as Republicans don't want to hear from witnesses because they want to cover up, sweep this under the rug.
1: Give them one. They have had adequate time. The, the, these documents, which is basically the report of the Intelligence Committee, uh, were given to them as soon as we received it. But the report contains nothing new. Uh, they had their own people on the Intelligence Committee. They were there. The American people saw the public uh, hearings. Uh, the Republicans were present at the closed deposition earlier. And what about earlier. witnesses?
0: Will you give them a the day to we've,
1: call witnesses? They, we've given, no, we've said that uh, they will have the opportunity to call witnesses. They had to give me a list of witnesses. Um, the list of witnesses they gave, they they asked me to call Um, I've said no to because they're irrelevant. Uh, They can appeal to the full committee if they wish, and we'll have a vote on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are going to, like any trial judge, you you keep the witnesses uh, to the relevancy. Yeah,
0: so Nadler is both the one who's determining witnesses. He's both the judge and the jury, which, look, this is political. These processes are political. I understand that. So he's not wrong in that sense, but this undermines undermines their little temper tantrum that they're throwing now about witnesses not being called in the Senate, he basically said, look, look, this has been out there. Republicans could have done any number of things whenever they were, uh, you know, they, they could have called witnesses sooner. They're not serious with their uh, the people that they want to call. Well, fine. Then that gives the Senate the right to say, look, we've seen, we've seen the shenanigans in the Senate, or excuse me, the House of Representatives. We know that this is phony nonsense, baloney Silliness we know that why do you want us to suddenly have to take this thing seriously in the sense now it should be taken seriously in the sense that the President of the United States is facing trial in the Senate, but I'm talking about the allegations, the reason that we are there. you know Oz asked me something during the break, and I, I this is really what I want to get at today, but I think I want to maybe say something as as concisely as i can here on this but this issue of of witnesses this issue of witnesses which we started out with here at the at the top and we're looking at and talking about but senate republicans so they get this stuff from the house they've watched this unfold you could say that this has been the narrative the narrative of this entire presidency right that you, you go back to russian collusion you know Pokemon Go ads all this kind of stuff they've seen this now now democrats are are presenting quote unquote evidence that Trump colluded which by the way it takes hours it takes hours for Adam Schiff even to articulate what happened when you if you watch some of this stuff today i want you to think about that in the back of your mind The reason that this thing takes so long to explain is A, it's political theater, but B, the things that they want me to believe happened have to be – they're so convoluted and difficult to explain that it takes literally 24 hours for someone to explain them. And candidly, at the end of that explanation, I'm more confused by the explanation than I was before. And C, I think that that's what they bank on. I think they want the average person thinking, man, Adam Schiff said a lot of stuff up there. I just couldn't follow. He's so much smarter than me. He must know what he's talking about. It sounds really funky and fuzzy. I need to probably support impeachment. I think they bank on that. So Republicans, if you're the Republicans in the Senate, the Democrats come in. They present their articles of impeachment. Remember as they moped, as they walked across slowly – Reminds me almost of the Seinfeld episode where the girl doesn't swing her arms. The Raquel Welch episode. (laughs) I love that Seinfeld. But anyway, so they're walking across very somber to the House of Representatives, not swinging their arms, almost like they're carrying a casket with looks of pain and anguish on their faces. Sadness oozing from their bodies. Oh, this is a sad day in American history. They have no choice but to impeach this president of the United States. After they'd held on to this, remember, they had to speed it up at the beginning. They didn't want to call all the witnesses. Then they had to hold on to it. Then they decided to give it up. Now they're demanding how the Senate handles their business. Suddenly it matters, the rules. Suddenly it matters, the witnesses. They walk this thing over there. Republicans know the second that they get this, what this is. And so the whole whole point... These opening statements, in my estimation, for the U.S. Senate, for Mitch McConnell's position, is that if you can't even articulate and explain to this great deliberative body, if you can't explain to us why the president shouldn't be impeached, or even if he's guilty of whatever you're saying he's guilty of, he shouldn't be, uh, it it doesn't justify impeachment, or whatever the the thinking is, if you can't tell us, explain to us, first of all, I think in, in Five minutes if you can't explain it. If it takes you 24 hours to articulate your position, it's probably fantasy, make-believe world. But be that as it may, if you can't explain to us why we should remove this president from office, why would we then – why would we call witnesses? So the whole process is you make your opening statements, you paint the picture. At that point in time, that great deliberative body will – Take it under advisement and decide, is this something that, based upon what we've heard, is this something that we want to call witnesses in for? Because, again, even if, even if what he tells us is uh, demonstrated by the evidence, does it warrant impeachment? Right, these are fair questions. But see, the Democrats, all they want is the headline. Man, I wish more people would understand this. All they want is the headline. They want the headline to say Republicans block Democrats. Republicans trying to cover up working directly with Trump to collude. Heck, probably Russia and Ukraine are directly involved uh, All the for all we know. Colluding with the Russians. Colluding with the Republican uh, Party in the Senate. Colluding with whomever to block Democrats, to silence Democrats, to keep this – truth from coming out before the american people this is where we this is where we are they want the headline this is about the election this is not about impeachment it's about politics it's about posturing it's about it's about deception these folks are professional uh, professional deceivers and i've got to take a break more on this a lot more on this including a call, a question that I got um, from a caller last night that I want to share and talk about as we're talking about witnesses here, but I've got to take a timeout. Got to take a timeout. You are listening to the home of conservative Not better Talk, where I should tell you that 98% of scientists, that's one more percent, one more percent of scientists believe that listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right than scientists believe Man is contributing to climate change and global warming by driving SUVs and by eating meat and allowing cow flatulence on planet Earth. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, I should add, this is exactly why I refer to the Democrats right now as the Dramocrats because that's what they want. They want the headline. They want the intended result. This is not about truth, reality, anything. This is about politics. This is about 2020. This is about control of the Senate. This is about maintaining control of the House. And if you think about it, if you think about it, the reason the House played hot potato with this, I think that's the way to think about this. This is political hot potato Right, you're sitting around a circle. You've got the House, you've got the Senate, whoever else. That's a two, I guess you're down to the final two, and they're passing this back and forth. And if you're stuck holding it at the wrong time, you lose. That's what we've got here. The House wanted this to go quickly through. Then Nancy Pelosi said, I'm going to hang on to this until I can. Basically, she was holding it until she thought the music was going to stop. And then she would toss it to Mitch McConnell, and he would be caught holding it fact i heard dershowitz i heard dershowitz earlier this week i think he was on hannity he said look he said i have a personal theory i think the i think the reason that the democrats are playing these games at the beginning of of this week is to make sure to make sure and this is an important point to make sure that they are still the last thing that people hear the last person that's speaking during this first week of impeachment would be adam Schiff. they don't want republicans to be able to talk until next week. They don't want, excuse me, the president's team. They want to keep the microphone away from them because they want this weekend, they want to be able to go out onto the talk shows and not have to worry about the rebuttal of the Republicans yet. That, that can wait until next week. This reminds me of a, of a biblical verse, which I don't have handy. It says something to the effect of, uh, you know, the, the initial witnesses sound right until you listen, until they're cross-examined. Until you hear the other evidence, right? And so they know that this is a game. This is about political position and power and posturing and 2020 and all this sort of stuff. Remember, they've got a primary here, a caucus in Iowa, in just a few days. Nothing is said about this. Nothing. I mean, yeah, if you're in Iowa, I'm sure you're probably being uh, bombarded with ads from these candidates who are begging me for money on email – Joe Biden's team. That's the most pathetic series of emails I have ever seen. Please, please, please give us five bucks. I'm sorry to ask. Please, five bucks. Oh, anyway, so this is this is the setting here. So you're Mitch McConnell. You're some other Senate Republican. You know how this game works. You're not an idiot. You might be scared. You might not be as tough as your ads during campaign campaign season tell us you are. You might be hiding behind something. Heck, some of these folks don't even... I shared yesterday, I don't even care anymore. These folks... I had someone that didn't want to come on this show to talk about impeachment until after impeachment. What the heck is that? That is not leadership, folks. This is precisely the time to stand up, not to sit down. This is the time to stand up and to articulate. Because you know what? Every day that this goes on... Every day that this is allowed to fester and grow. And that's what this is about. Remember, it's political hot potato. If they can make it sit in the lap of the Senate for as long as possible, when the buzzer sounds, the Senate loses. And if the Senate loses, or President Trump loses by extension, that's good for the Democrats. That's what they want. That's it. That's this game in a nutshell. So Republicans know this. So they're sitting there counting uh, counting the cost, counting – uh, determining the strategy, you know, impeachment's a bi- uh, excuse me, a partisan hit job. It's been a fantasy of the Democrats ever since the day Trump was elected, or at least the day that they dried both the proverbial and literal tears. And a lot of these guys feel trapped. I actually saw some commentator on MSNBC. It was Claire McCaskill, former senator from the state of Missouri, excuse me, Missouri, and she said that she believes a lot of these Senate Republicans know that the right thing to do is to impeach President Trump, but they're not going to this – is, this is her theory – they're not going to because, because they are uh, – they know that they have to stay in the Senate to take the president uh, – to hold the president accountable, and if they don't want to – they don't want to upset their constituents, they don't want to upset their constituents and lose their seats – So they're going to play this game whereby they don't impeach President Trump, but they're really keeping a close eye on this guy. They're really there to protect our constitutional republic and so forth, and these are the sorts of theories and nonsense. No, this is much more simple than that. Republican senators know that this is a political hit job. Republican senators know that the name of the game here by the Democrats is to delay this as much as possible. Having witnesses – is not intended to get us to truth. Having witnesses is to drag this out, put more pressure upon Republicans to cast their vote in uh, in favor of removing Trump from office. It's to expose these Republicans um, and, and to attack these Republicans, to make them politically vulnerable. It's precisely why some senators don't want to talk about this in the media today, even, even as Republicans to... Friendly sites or free, friendly sources or free friendly uh, media outlets like this program, right? I mean I would like to – I'm not trying to beat people up. I want people to, to, to know why Republicans are doing what they're doing. I might have some tough questions, whatever, but the, the bottom line is the messaging isn't getting out because the messengers are silent and they're scared. And it's candidly, in my estimation, inexcusable and reprehensible. So that's what's going on here. I have to take a break. Oz is over here waving at me, reminding me it is time to take a break, and I need to oblige here. So when we get back more on this, this is something we could talk about for hours today. Hours and hours today, but we don't have the time. Although, second hour coming. Second hour of this program coming next Wednesday, January 29th. As we uh, start our second hour. But I'm going to take a break right now. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Sad news to report this morning. I just saw, just saw during that break on Fox and Friends, as it's running in the background here, that Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut has died at 104 years old. Planters, apparently. You know, my first thought, maybe I'm cynical here. My first thought was they got to do away with this guy because he's Mr. Can't be Mr. in the 21st century. You got to be something else. So we'll see who replaces Mr. Peanut. I'm pretty sure it won't be another Mr., but who knows? Who knows? Anyhow, I want to um, pause at this point. I have a lot more to say about this, this the, the shenanigans in the sideshow, the performance, the political theater. That is what we are dealing with. This is not real. This is designed to have a political outcome. So that's what this fight about witnesses is all about. It's not about really getting at it truth. It's not about any of that. It's about making sure that they have political victories. And again, we're playing political hot potato here. And they've they've a basic they they've basically thrown the, the 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 potato in the lap of the Republican Senate. And the Republican Senate has nowhere to toss this thing. They're forcing them to hold it as long as possible. That is what they want to happen. That is what they want to happen. They want the time to expire with McConnell holding this, with the uh, intended result being pressuring Republican senators to break, maybe even possibly voting to remove President Trump. Every day that this thing goes on, every day this goes on, there's more pressure. And again, as I pointed out a little bit earlier, me and you might think they can pressure me all they want. This is silly nonsense, but I am telling you right now, When you have senators that don't want to come on programs to talk about impeachment, pressure has an effect. Pressure has an effect and a desired result by the left. But that said, let's move past that. Let's say we're going to have witnesses. Now, I will say that witnesses, Republicans in the past would absolutely have capitulated and called witnesses. They may still do this, and maybe it's not a bad idea even. I don't know not not overlooking the fact that every day that this goes on there's a bigger problem for some republican senators but be that as it may be that as it may let's say that we're forced into a scenario where republicans end up calling senators they are i'm sorry witnesses they might not because they've been emboldened by Trump by the way they might not feel the need to or they might not feel the need to call witnesses but they might so i had a caller great question by the way Can't get into it too much because of time, but I at least want to get this thought out there. Um, A caller called in and and asked this particular question about witnesses. Should we get to that
1: point? Hey, Todd, I love your show. It's Doug from Indy. Hey, you know, maybe this is weird, but I don't hear anybody else talking about it. Why wouldn't the Republicans just ask Zelensky to testify? I know it would be extremely odd, and I'm an attorney, to have – the president of the Ukraine come and testify, but it seems like he's the only one who has really any true knowledge about the intent of the phone call, and he would really be the only witness needed. I mean, all these idiots who think they know, you know, what President uh, Trump's intent was, and all the bureaucrats who are mad that he held up the aid to the Ukraine. Who cares? The only really interested party here i think is the president of ukraine and again i know it would be incredibly strange and a weird precedent perhaps to to have uh, or to ask Zelensky to testify but he's really the only witness i want to hear from that's it i mean he says no no uh no problem you know i didn't feel pressured we didn't start an investigation it's party over so again i just nobody's mentioned that and I think somebody ought to bring that up. Okay? Thanks so much. Bye.
0: So, I mean, interesting thought and question. And I think, I think if we get to this point, I think if Republicans, this this pressure to call witnesses continues to mount, you've already heard Schumer and the rest of the gang saying that calling, but, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to trade. We're not going to accept the trade. You know, they'll bring in Bolton, uh, John Bolton, if if we can uh agree to have Biden, that's a non starter a non uh you know uh, no deal, right, as though Chuck Schumer suddenly in charge of of the Senate, but to our caller's point here, hey, if we're gonna play the game of of witnesses, why not call the guy right i mean this this whole thing is contingent upon whether or not there was a quid pro quo. Uh, personal quid pro quo for president Trump I mean politics politics in itself is one big continuous like it, love it, hate it, whatever quid pro quo we have congressmen, senators every day trading things, horse trading back and forth that's no that 's not a big problem, but suddenly president trump President Trump asks someone for something it 's an impeachable offense now if it 's personal. If it's for personal benefit solely and not uh, other legitimate reasons and so forth, there's that's a different scenario. But that's far from being proven. But to our caller's point, let's bring in, uh, bring in Zelensky. Have him testify. Have him testify. Was there pressure? Did you feel like if you didn't do this, you weren't going to get aid? All this kind of stuff. You ended up getting the aid, didn't you? Okay. So what's the problem here? Anyway, interesting to see how this will unfold, but I've got to take a break. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call there. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. All right, folks, running out of time here today. Even had to jump a little bit ahead of the bumper music there. Uh, But look, impeachment, we're going to have plenty to talk about with this for quite some time, for quite some time. But Republicans better buckle up, toughen up, prepare for one heck of a fight, prepare for a huge pressure. You talk about a pressure campaign. That's what this is, to get these Republicans to flip. And they better be out there in the media. Stop hiding in their offices or whatever's going on. But guys, I've got to go. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.